Welcome to Row 2 Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, grab some dice, and let's Row 2 Play! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Roto Play Podcast. I am your game master and host, Kent Blue, and this week we have a very, very special episode that I'm very excited about. It is the North Sea Epilogues. My good buddy Tim, a co-writer of the game, came over and ran us through a quick scenario to to let us get a feel for the game and really to post up whenever the Kickstarter goes live. Actually, you can go over to Kickstarter right now and find this game. I just searched the North Sea Epilogues and it should come up real quick, but... We are going to have it down in the show notes just in case, and I'm sure I've tweeted and and posted on Facebook like crazy. But to do this intro with me, I didn't want to do it alone. I wanted to get just a little bit about the game. So I brought Tim and Kristen Devine of Dice Up Games and the writers of the North Sea Epilogues on to help me with this intro. Hey, guys, welcome to the podcast again. I mean, not like it's something new for you all. (laughs) It's our favorite place to hang out. It is. Thanks for having us back. Well, thank you for coming on and, you know, just you've talked about North Sea epilogues a couple of places already over at Meeple Overboard, uh, over at Doug's channel, Victory Condition Gaming. But I wanted to have you guys kind of introduce the game a little bit here before we before we get into the play of it. So, yeah, I'm going to kind of hand it over a little bit to you all. And, um, yeah, let's just talk about the game itself just in brief, uh, just a little bit about what it's about in case somebody is stumbling onto this for their first episode. Cool, yeah. Well, what you're about to hear is uh, the North Sea Epilogues, a tabletop role-playing game uh, created by uh, Kristen and myself, uh, along with Garfield Games, which is a Viking-themed role-playing game that is uh, based on the uh, award-winning game series by uh, Garfield Games, the Shipwrights of the North Sea, Raiders of the North Sea, and Explorers of the North Sea. And what our game uh, does is it sort of lets you take those uh, board games that you've played and uh, uh, tell some really cool stories with it. So, so create your own heroes and forge your own epic sagas. And uh, that's kind of what we did on this, on this show on Roll to Play. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about this Kickstarter. Um, we don't have to go into too much detail about pledge levels and stuff because people, whenever they're hearing this, they should be able to go over to Kickstarter its own and see every pledge level broke down. But if you just, you just want to give kind of a high-level look at, at the Kickstarter and what can, they can expect out of it, just general information like that. Yeah, so we have um, we have a few different backer levels. Um, we'll have a digital copy as well as a level where you can get a hard copy of the book and then a couple of add-ons such as a really cool GM screen and a uh, Raiders playmat. So um, like for the board game Raiders, what Raiders of the North Sea? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's got a good, uh, good offering there for people who are just coming to it because they enjoy the board games, which if you're one of those folks, uh, try, try role-playing games. They're a lot of fun and I would wager more fun. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely get some more lasting stories. (laughs) But no, the, the, the North Sea saga games are all very, very fun games. 
Yeah, there's a, there's also going to be some stretch goals you'll see there, um, maybe some more that will be posted during the campaign. But um, all, all of the stretch goals in the game are to make the book itself uh, more full of uh, adventures and, and cool things uh, inside of it. The book itself, there's no stretch goals to make the book nicer. So there's not like a stretch goal to unlock hardcover or gloss or this. The book itself is going to come out right out the gate, beautiful and really nice. Um, and uh, we have some really talented, extremely talented writers that we've been so fortunate to, to be able to have on as stretch goal authors um, and contributors, uh, including somebody that is uh, on this show. Oh, yes, a very talented person who's on this show. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's me because those words don't usually come with my name. So everyone <laughs> out there, they're talking about me. You know, I, I did a little writing. Uh, for, for the game it was a lot of, it was fun it was cool uh i really i like my i like my at my adventure prompt i guess is uh what it is oh pe- people are gonna love it if if they if they if they back it if they love the show and they love and they want to see kent's uh adventure prompt in there then then we gotta hit those hit those stretch goals i imagine i imagine we'll hit them without even the big draw of of kent blue of road to play podcast <laughs> Yeah, so we have some some uh, talented writers that uh, a couple of them are actually going to be part of the the core book before any stretch goals. Um, we have uh, Banana Chan of Game in a Curry who wrote an adventure prompt for us. Uh, we have Epidia Ravishal who uh, was the designer of Dread and Swords Without Master, uh, which Kent you've featured on your show here, so listeners would will know will know Epidia's work. Uh, we also have Doug Levadowski. Uh, who was one of the co-authors, co-designers of Kids on Bikes, and uh, Toby Abad uh, from Tag Sessions, uh, who's written a ton of games, including a single moment, uh, and is just incredibly wonderful to work with and very talented. So we're really happy to have all four of them as as uh, writers in the game. Uh, yeah, and you know, three of those four writers are have been on this show, and I really enjoy. And then, you know, I bet I'd really enjoy Toby. So maybe we're going to line up getting Toby on this show here in the future. And then uh, Kristen and myself wrote a campaign setting for the game that can kind of get people started and has uh, quite a bit of information to, to help uh, to help get get people into the game with a sort of a preset uh, scenario and, and story arc. So about how many pages are we looking at the book with like the core book, you know, just with, with everything you wrote and then the four adventure props before any stretch goes come in. Well, I think uh, so. the book's going to be a, around 100, 150 pages, uh, give or take. It's definitely going to be under 200 is the goal. Um, but yeah, with, with the stretch goals, it could expand. But the, the, the core, I mean, the core rules of the book uh, don't don't take up too much space at all. Most of the book as it is, is uh, adventures and uh, some some, you know, setting stuff. And, and then there's a there's a good a good. Uh, portion of it devoted to the game mat what a game master would need to run the game and a uh, little bit little bit of you know setting so it uh, it's it's a pretty easy read it's a, it's a lightweight book and uh, the game master screen consolidates everything that a that a game master would need to just sort of glance at during a session so that no one's going to need to actually reach over and, and flip open the book during a game which can tend to slow things down a little bit yeah I just feel like it's a it's it's about that perfect 
size of a book uh, that that you can you can read and it's not intimidating because of its size and you know just I mean because it's not a huge book that that the rules in there aren't going to be too complicated. I think it's I think it's a good size for you know people, which I imagine a lot of people are uh, people that are going to be new to role playing games. Yeah, well, one of the things that we were hoping for was that. Um, fans of the North Sea board games would uh, would see this as an opportunity to sort of step into the into the tabletop role playing and storytelling games, and uh, maybe vice versa. Maybe some people that see the game want to play with the the Viking setting will be intrigued uh, not only by the the game and the setting, but also by the the artwork by the incredibly talented. Uh, artist, the Miko, who uh, has done all of the North Sea art and did a lot of custom art for this game, including the cover and the GM screen. Um, but we're, yeah, we, we, we think that this will get people um, from all, all experience levels in, in role-playing uh, into the game pretty quick. In fact, the, the, uh, uh, we, we've been told that people that have never GM'd the game before GM'd it for the very first time, and within 30 minutes, the, the table was playing the game. And uh, so that's a uh, those the people that know role playing games know that that's that's no easy feat. <laughs> we were happy to hear that that's how it went. Yeah, that's I mean that's perfect. You know to to get in and and get moving pretty quickly. All right, so yeah, um, you know I think we've kind of hit everything that that we need to about the Kickstarter. You all feel the same way? Got anything else you want to throw in there? Go check it out, and if you can, back it. Let's get right into this actual play of the North Sea epilogues that we had that Tim ran. Uh, who were our players, Tim? We had Amanda Call. Yeah, we had uh, – actually, it's pretty cool. We had we had Amanda Call, who's awesome, and uh, we we had – well, you. You were one of the players, Ken. Yeah. Um, but we also had a couple players that were original playtesters of the system. We had Dave West, uh, Glenn, and Brooke Sheridan. Uh, yeah, it was a ton of fun playing the game. I think we have a really good good episode that gives you a really good feel of kind of what you can expect out of this game. So, uh, yeah, with that said, um, first off, thank you two for coming on and doing this intro with me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, and, yeah, now we'll just jump right into the North Sea epilogues. And here we are, ready to play this game, the North Sea Epilogues. It is a game by my good friend, Tim Devine, who is on the show here to run it for us. Uh, how's it going, Tim? It's going great. I'm very excited to be running this game on your show. I am very excited to be playing this game on my show. I've been thinking about this game for a while, pretty much since the day I met you and and you know knew that you had a Viking game. So we're going to come back to you in just a few minutes. First, we're going to meet all these other players that are joining us. We have some of your, your home crew that actually have been playtesting this game for years now. So let's start with them. Uh, we've got Dave, Dave, how are you doing? Okay. Excellent. I like okayness. It's okay to be okay. I'm only one beer in. Give me time. All right. So, so okay. But with, with the, uh, uh, option to be more than okay. I'll be great in about 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. Sitting there with Dave, we have Brooke, who is is actually on Roll to Play for the first time, um, which I've heard Brooke on the Wait, Wait, Don't Roll Me podcast a couple of times. So it's nice to have you over on this show, Brooke. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks, uh, Kent. I appreciate it. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Good. And rounding out that, that end of the table, we have Glenn. Glenn back from uh, the Havoc Brigade. Hello, how are we? Doing good? I'm doing all right, Glenn. Glenn uh, you doing all right? I'm doing great, yeah, yeah. It's I'm so be, glad uh, to have 
so glad to have you back. Thank you. If you don't remember, Glenn. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Glenn also drew some pretty awesome pictures for Havoc Brigade. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of drawing, we also have returning Amanda Call from uh, a- the Age of Night webcomic. Amanda, welcome back to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me back. So Amanda was last heard probably on Tiny Supers, even though I've actually recorded another game or two with her between then. Right. So I am glad to have you back. Amanda has also drawn some awesome pictures you all haven't seen because those episodes haven't aired yet. But. <laughs> All right, Tim, I am done with this intro. I am giving the game over to you. Awesome. Yes, I'm very uh, excited to be running the game here on your show, as I mentioned before. You are playing young heroes of the Grey Wolf Clan. Uh, the Grey Wolf Clan is renowned for its uh, ferocity and, and just general skill and, and success in battle. Uh, whenever, whenever an enemy... Uh, faces a, a gray wolf shield wall and sees the wolf painted shields and hears the howls uh, coming from behind them. They, they, they are often pretty afraid. <laughs> it, it causes them to, to question whether or not they want to advance. Um, and one of the things about the gray wolf clan is that every member is a warrior. No matter what you do, you are still capable. Uh, no matter what path you follow, uh, you're still a capable warrior. And part of that uh, comes with a, sort of a rite of passage. So there are these warrior trials that uh, around the age of 15, uh, sometimes after, uh, in this case, one time before, uh, but around 15, uh, the young wolf pups, as they're called, are sent away because if there's no active war or active thing going on that the wolf, the gray wolves uh, would be able to, to um... well, let me put it this way. All gray wolf pups need to fight in the shield wall around their 15th year. And part of this is, uh, you, you, part of where we're going to start is you guys coming back from, from these trials. You've spent several months together uh, uh, in one of your allied territories, uh, helping them with some border skirmishes. So uh, patrolling, keeping the borders clean, you've, you've all fought in the shield wall at least one time during this, this uh, warrior trial, and it's come to an end, and you're all returning home. And that's where we're going to begin. So what we'll do is we'll have you guys, um, you uh, the, the young wolf pups, the heroes, uh, you'll introduce your characters. Uh, we'll do it in sort of like a montage scene uh, of the ship sailing back, um, but just to sort of set the, the, the tone of what's happening. Um, I'll, I'll just read this real quick. <clears throat> The North Sea has fallen into chaos. A bloody summer of treacherous jarls and broken oaths have given rise to a new high king. A king, uh, or the king has ordered raids on any clans that do not submit to his rule and seems intent on controlling or destroying all the clans in the North Sea. Uh, there is one clan that frightens him more than any other, and that is the Grey Wolf clan. The strongest, most feared warriors in the North Sea, they have never bent a knee to any high king. They do not follow the same traditions of the more ambitious clans and have always uh, kept their modest lands strong and safe without need of such fickle alliances. You are the young Grey Wolves. You've been away for the summer on your warrior's trial. All the Grey Wolf pups, as as you're called, uh, who wish to fight in the shield wall have to face combat around their 15th year, as I said before. 
your warrior trials took place in the neighboring land where you helped uh, defend against raiders and wildlings, uh, and you're now returning home for the winter to be welcomed into the ranks of the Grey Wolf Warriors. So you're all pretty, pretty, you know, uh, feeling pretty accomplished in this in this moment. So your small ship is pushing through a river. It's this larger, large waterway that that uh, your your uh, just just you warriors uh, and several others uh, are are rowing, and at the helm uh, is uh, a man, a very large man, a little bit older, graying in the beard. His name is Bodvar, and uh, he's been the person sort of responsible for all of you during your trials. So when you've been fighting, when you've been training, this is the person who. Uh, Who's sort of been the the commander, the one in charge, the one you all want to impress, and the one who is very, very unimpressed constantly. So your small ship is pushing through the river, lurching forward with every oar stroke. It's cold. It's not freezing, but it's cold. Uh, and the water is uh, pretty calm at the moment. Let's take the camera in. It's The camera drops. It's in this beautiful, beautiful like valley. This waterway is cutting through these green, uh, in some cases, uh, uh, snow-covered hills on the tops. It's it's uh, it's it's basically the beginning of winter, and you uh, young wolves are are rowing as hard as you can. And uh, the camera kind of comes down on this small boat. As it's coming through the uh, the center of the boat, kind of look, looking left and right and seeing the, the faces of these young, uh, very eager uh, uh, warriors uh, rowing back to their homes to this celebration that is surely to uh, to be a, a, a just a wonderful event and culmination of all your hard work. Uh, it's panning left. It's panning right. It's going to pick you up. Uh, it, it it pans it pans to a uh, a young girl around sixteen, uh, Nyala. What is what do we see? Introduce us. Right. So I'll be playing Nyala, and what I'm I'm one of the many that are rowing right now. Uh, but I have a very serious expression, uh, long dark hair that's pulled back into braids, and I'm kind of just staying super focused on what I'm doing, occasionally only looking up, but not at the scenery, even though I am excited to be home. I'm looking up at things like checking the rigging, checking our heading. I'm a shipwright. This is actually being on the boat is where I want to be. Awesome. One of the, one of the things that, that uh, as you, as you're the boats lurching forward, um, what's the most familiar thing you feel right now? Cause you're getting closer to home. What's the thing that, that you're feeling right now that's the most familiar? Um, there's a certain kind of smell to the water and the air when you get closer to home. So I'm I'm recognizing that smell of this is our river. This is coming into our stronghold, our village. This is the, the waterway that I am most familiar with and most comfortable in. Awesome. And as it pans over to the right, uh, it sees a, uh, a larger, a larger uh, Viking uh, still young, but uh, Ulfric, what do we see? Ulfric is currently taking a break from rowing. He's standing by the mast of the ship with, a, with the one arm on the mast, looking around and calling out encouragements to the other people rowing. Ulfric is kind of a it's kind of a leadership role. He's seventeen. His height is average, but he's very broad, and he his bearing is very confident. 
He um he has brown hair, a wispy beard, kind of like you know, let's say Bjorn season two and three, you know, that kind of beard. <laughs> <laughs> and deep blue eyes. And uh, his role is like a, he he has a leadership role. He's the champion of the group. Okay, and uh, I I'm curious, uh, Bodvar, the the man at the at the helm who's or steering the ship, rather who he he. he uh, He's been with you all this time. He's been the leader, but uh, you know you you've taken a, a leadership role within the group. What's your relationship been like with him? Uh, I see him kind of like I would say that I, he's kind of like a um, he's been. I've been trying to get him to be more of a mentor as we've been on our training off on this you know rite of passage. I've been trying to. I see him kind of as a mentor, but uh, he refuses to call himself my mentor, but he is. Kind of like Dr. Cox. <laughs> so, so as you as you kind of you're you're kind of are you giving like a, a any orders or commands to anyone rowing right now? No, like I said, I was just calling out encouragements. Encouragement. That's right. That's right. So, so as you do that, you kind of you, you glance back. You, you not not all the way back. Just just glance over your shoulder. You see Bodvar is smiling. Mm-hmm. He hasn't smiled once. He hasn't smiled once in this entire time you guys have been gone. You. Uh, but he's smiling at, at what you're doing, and you have this moment where you just feel that it's something that that res- resonates with you. And and as that sort of the camera picks up that pride pride moment of pride for you, it, it kind of goes down just a little ways. And uh, uh, let's see, we have uh, Frigg. Yes. So uh, Frigg is um, she's 16 years old, and um, she has sort of light, almost silverish hair. Uh, with uh, braids as well, kind of pulled back into a ponytail to keep her hair out of her face because that's just, she hates that. Um, she also has icy blue eyes and she also has uh, taken a break from rowing and is sort of at the front of the of the longship, um, kind of nestled in between some some furs and um, some hides. And uh, she's got her feet kind of uh, hanging up on the top of the, of the side there and uh, she's whittling uh, a piece of wood in the shape of an animal. And what's the uh, what's the thing at that moment when you're whittling that you most miss about your home? Um, I would say the expansive forest because she loves to kind of explore and look around, and um, she's uh, she she loves to hang out in nature. And I would say as they're approaching, she just really misses the the mountains and the waterways um, that she's so familiar with growing up. Awesome. And uh, as the camera continues, it turns back and sees the full length of the ship with the young young gray wolves rowing on both sides, the, the young champion standing with his hand on the mast, looking very proud of himself at that moment. And as, it, as the camera continues back, it, it picks up uh, a very young – everyone here is young, but someone is very young. They, they look very out of place. A person who's also – like probably looks maybe maybe even looks younger than they are, but but are, but are still younger than everyone here. And Nadim, what what do you what do you uh, what does the camera see? Yeah, Nadim is sitting there uh, rowing like all the other uh, <clears throat> excuse me like all the other wolf pups uh, rowing along. Uh, tired. He's he's scrawny. He's he's sm- he's easily easily the smallest of, of everyone on board. Um, he's got just real ratty blonde hair. That's that's kind of just it's it's just kind of going every which way um and he but you see him like 
his mouth moving constantly. Like, like he's, he's repeating some sort of, of mantra or something, but what he's actually doing is, is he's taking in the countryside and taking in everything around him. And he's just kind of repeating rhymes to, because, you know, he, he wants to be a storyteller for sure. That's one of the things he definitely wants to do. He wants to, to tell the story of, of, of his clan and, and everything they did. So he is, and the easiest way for him to do that is to remember it in rhyme. So he is constantly going through these rhymes and just kind of mouthing them to himself as he's rowing so that he remembers the details. You know, he's, he's remembering the hills with the snow and the, the, the river and the way the river fills and the weight of the, the, the uh, oar in his hand. Oh, that's beautiful. What what is the thing you're looking forward to most about the celebration that you're going to have when the Warriors' rights is complete? Um, really, uh, Nadim is. Just, I'm looking forward to the celebration. Just the magnitude of it, like like the circ- the pomp and circumstance of it, because it's going to it'll be a great thing to retell uh, one day to maybe his children or something. Just to to kind of. Well, to kind of tell in like a, a, a rhyming fashion. So the the sights and everything and just being in that moment. And, and, you know, I mean, the reason that Nadim really is wants, wants to uh, tell stories is he wants people to remember his name. He wants to be remembered. He wants to have that that little bit of fame kind of associated to his name. So he's looking forward to to anything that will draw more attention to him. Well, it's going to be very easy to have that type of fame, being the youngest gray wolf pup to uh, to participate <laughs> in the warrior trials, even against the rules. Um, and as as the camera pans past Nadim, the ship has been. It, it's funny because some of you have taken breaks from rowing, but the ship is still going forward very very quickly. You know, compared you know compared to how many people are rowing. And there are less people on one side of the ship rowing than there are on the other. And as the camera kind of goes past Nadim, it, it, it picks up a very, very large person who is on his own bench and who seems to be picking up all that slack. And Gorm. Yeah, Gorm, uh, Bloodson, uh, he's uh, definitely taken up all the weight of everyone. And he has a stern face, just a determination, just to row, row, row. He's um he's an eighteen year old uh, male. He's six foot five, and he's a very strong fella. Uh, he's got blonde, long, tattered hair, never kept, not braided or anything. Uh, but his body and his face is just completely messed up. It's riddled with scars, slashes, and uh, in particular, burnt flesh. Um, He's got some tattoos, but they're very hard to see the detail after a lot of battles from this very young pup. Um, as you probably already know, he's a berserker. Oh, so so <laughs> all all of the one one of the things that that's in your mind that I don't know how I, I don't know what's in your mind, but one of the things that you have been told many times by um, Bodvar and uh, maybe maybe even. <laughs> maybe even Ulfric many times, is uh, armor helps. <laughs> it helps. Berserker but doesn't armor. <laughs> you, you just don't listen, and uh, nope. you just deal with the cuts as they come. 
Um, so whenever I tell him that armor helps, he tells me that cutting everyone down before they have a chance to hit you helps even more. <laughs> <laughs> Best defense. Um, so, so uh, Gorm, uh, there's a uh, walking the path of the berserkers can be a, can be a lonely, a, a solitary one. Um, what is your what is your hope? Like, what do you want when you come back? Uh, well, when I get back, my main thing I want to do is at night look up completely naked and look at the uh, northern lights and howl a bloody howl to Thor. Uh, is that is that image is that image is setting in your mind? Get yep. our hands back, and now we we've we've met our. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's his determination right now to get home. I like it. I like I like envisioning that scene. Um, <laughs> so so as the uh, as and there there are several other uh, there's there's about there's about twelve of you in total rowing or, or you know around the ship and Bodar is uh, in the back steering, looking relatively proud of all of you uh, in that moment. And uh, let's uh, let's say that. It's Frigg. Frigg, you're at the front of the ship looking back. And you're witnessing. We're seeing we're seeing almost through your lens uh, our the ship and this moment of sort of like we've done it. We've made it home. We've we've passed the trials. Sure we lost a couple people, but this this is this is this is one of those good moments. And as you're carving and remembering it, you look up at Bodvar and see that smile on his face that you had not seen before. And the smile instantly turns to a grimace and then to a, some, some sort of a, a twisted pain. And as he turns, you notice that two arrows have struck him in the back. And Bodvar falls heavy on the steering oar, probably called a rudder. And he collapses, looks up, and as everyone turns to see him take his final breath, he points his fingers directly at Ulfric and then lands face down. And behind him, over his where his body was blocking, dark sails are behind you, almost black. A larger ship approaching faster, definitely manned by more, more warriors. And the dark sails have a red symbol on them and frig the symbol is a raven what do you do that that question is to all of you nadim sees this right at the same does everybody see it at the same time yes okay so nadim's gonna reach down and grab his uh, hand drums and give him a quick like like two smack you know just to kind of make it noise and, and, and point just in case anybody it doesn't see and point and, you know, yell ship ship. Just so everybody kind of focuses in and is looking in the same direction. So, okay. On the boat, how many people are on the boat besides us? Or is it just us? 12 young gray wolves. Okay. Well, trying to take like an air of leadership. Ulfric is going to immediately start trying to give orders. He's going to say, um, so, you know, we need some shields to the back of the boat in case there's more arrows and everyone else needs to row and I ask Niala, the shipwright, to say we need to get to shore immediately because that boat's going to catch us 
Right. So I'm going to jump up uh, and man the tiller since obviously now there's no one doing that. Niala uh, leaps to the tiller and is going to be taking command of where the ship is going to go. And Ulfric, you are taking command of the rowers to make them go. And you wanted shields on the back. Who's going to do that? Frigg will grab her, her shield. Um, so she just, she kind of stops what she's do, doing, drops her, her wooden uh, little, little uh, t- uh, toy there. And uh, she gets up, grabs her, uh, her shield, and then immediately heads back towards the back of the boat. And then on her way, she grabs um, her bow and arrow as well. Okay. And um, she'll try to, I guess, provide cover um, since we're trying to get to shore. Uh, so I'll try to provide cover for anyone potentially. Yeah, Nadim. Okay. Nadim's gonna gonna grab shield and and set up next to uh, set up next to Frigg as well. If there's no. room, I don't know how Viking boats work. <laughs> there's plenty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, so, oh go go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, uh, Gorm, um, at this time, he sees uh, Bodvard uh, fall and just looks into his eyes and, and you know, he just feels, you know, something and, and then eventually it turns into something and it turns into absolute rage. And he just roars and he looks behind, grabs his spear and he just chucks that general direction of where the uh, the uh, ship is, and just what we're doing now is what we're calling a montage scene. So there's there's um uh, I'm not going to go into like the mechanics of everything, but but basically what we're doing is everybody here is going to roll. You're going to make some sort of action. The challenge is this: as a group, you've decided that you're going to get the ship to shore, and everybody seems to have a purpose. In this, in this regard. So everyone is going to have to make a roll. And since this is the first action roll that we're going to be making, you're going to be choosing one skill that's going to represent your approach to this roll. And even if your action or the type of series of actions that you're going to uh, attempt uh, spans multiple skills, think of the skill you're choosing as your approach as the most critical. So the thing that if it fails, nothing else matters anyway. So... Choose your skill, and uh, we'll go around. And uh, so, let me know. Uh, let me know if there is a uh, one of your story elements that factors into this, and if you want to use one of your grit to surge. In this case, surging would reduce the difficulty level of what you're doing, making it easier to accomplish. So, all I need to know from each of you is, uh, so you can go ahead and roll now. All I need to know from each of you is sort of what you, what your approach was. Whether or not you have a like, what story element, and if you're if you're surging, and we'll start we'll start with uh, I I kind of like to start with uh, Frigg on this from the rear of the boat, and then we'll just go around from there. Okay. Um, so what are you trying to do? Okay, so at at this point, I um, so like I I've got my shield up, trying to defend our our rowers, um, and I want to um since i'm pretty proficient with a bow um a really skilled like hunter and tracker i want to try and see if i can um fire back uh maybe potentially at uh anyone kind of closest to the um to the front shooting arrows or anyone that's got a bow another bow and arrow um and i rolled a 
Do you want me, do you want to know my roll? Yes. Or, okay, uh, twenty four. What's your roll? Natural crit. Uh, not, yeah, natural crit. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's awesome. I'm okay. So good at archery guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so you um, you de- yeah def- definitely succeed in a in a montage scene. We're looking for like the whole group's like combined efforts to get to shore, but because you rolled a critical, I want to give you that one moment. So <laughs> I don't want to take that from you. Um, in this case, like uh, when you roll a natural twenty, any I, I can as the GM, I can remove a complication from the scene that I may have had looming or or present in front of you. Um, but also, it's just a really good roll, so you're gonna you know, gain, gain some stuff. So, um, in, in this case, uh, uh, it's a straight success. So, so what, th- there are two archers in the front of the boat, um, that, uh, seem to be like their legs are looped o- or are kind of s- pulled over the, the sides of the boat in the front, hooking themselves. They're definitely skilled at what they do and they are leaning forward and both of them had fired arrows at the same time. Uh, and you're firing back, but you're just, you're, something about what you're doing, the determination, something uh, is spot on. So uh, wh- whatever you want to happen to the two of them, it's up to you. Their, their fate is in your hands at this moment. Excellent. So um, <laughs> because I'm also motivated by battle. So as soon as arrows start flying and we're getting into battle mode, that's, I just, I'm very focused. And uh, so I knock one arrow, um, kind of put, put my shield uh, sort of up against my body for some, for some protection. Uh, knock an arrow, uh, fire it off, and I hit the first uh, archer. Um, basically, the arrow goes through his his knee um, and kind of attaches to the boat side of the longboat. And he, in pain, and the momentum of the arrow kind of makes him fall off the side of the boat. And so he's just kind of dangling there with his one uh, one leg stuck to the side of the boat, ends up drowning. And then the other one, I quickly knock another uh, another arrow. Um, cause I'm pretty proficient with, with archer. I can uh, shoot pretty fast and, uh, just shoot it off. And I scream for Bovar and the arrow just flies straight through the air. The bow makes a beautiful sound and it just goes right through his eye. Boom. And he just falls backwards back into the boat. Oh, oh can we, can we add that he was, he was running, he jumped over to pull his friend out of the water. And and <laughs> he, when he looked up, he he got the arrow to the eye at that moment. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah, so that was one complication that would have been looming over you is having two archers, which archery is a, would be a little bit more rare to see in in these types of battle situations you're about to find yourself in. So um, you have uh, you have now, let's say uh, Niala, you're you're near you're near uh, Frigg. Well, I'm right back there ne- next to her. If you oh, you you went to the back too with a shield. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's let's do let's do both of you in the back, and then we're gonna go to Frig and or sorry to Niala and see how the how the ship is being command controlled. So, um, Nadim. Also, I figured it's great to get a a, a really great role and then a really terrible role right after it. So, <laughs> yeah, I was just going for straight defense. I just wanted to hold, hold, hold my ship, my shield up, make sure I was going to protect as many people as I could and kind of keep an eye on what was, the, what was coming up from behind us. But, uh, so yeah, I used defense. I wrote a four. I had, I just add my total right for my defense to that. Yep. yep. So two, so a total of six, I don't have anything else that'll really go into that. So yeah. 
Okay. I'd say well, I'm not going to spend a grit right now, though. All right, cool. So, so we, you you can say that arrows may have fired before if you want it to be physical strain, but strain can be physical, mental, or emotional. It's yours to control, but you unfortunately take three points of strain. All right. So that's my current strain is three, right? Yep. That's your current strain. It builds up until it hits your threshold. Well, um, we're, now, we're pretty damn close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and just, just a, a, not that we need to talk too much about mechanics and stuff, but um, you don't die in this game unless you as the player want to. If you think it's your moment to go, otherwise you're just taken out of the scene when you have two two in two uh, uh, injuries, you're you're basically severely injured, and you know we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge if we get to it. But for right now, you're you're not looking great. But it, again, it's up to you. You know that you 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 failed to to kind of uphold your part, and you you um you do take three points of strain. And uh, I'm thinking maybe that first arrow that comes in hits my shield and I just wasn't prepared for it. So it, it definitely like knocks my shield out of my hands, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and again, strain doesn't have to equate to an injury. Don't don't yeah. think of strain as like I now I'm hurt or, or whatever. It's, that's what an injury is for. Strain is just my, everything's building. My, my shield goes straight into the water. <laughs> Also, um, so t- typically with with montage scenes, what you do is you um, you you don't you just kind of everybody everybody rolls says what they do and it moves pretty quickly. But because this all began with a with a uh, a critical success and there was more narrative to it, uh, just to be fully transparent, I've moved this into more of a threat type of a challenge that we're facing. So if you all succeed in overcoming this before you fail <laughs> get enough fails or, 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 you know, yeah, I guess failures, um, uh, a threat will be upon you. So you're trying now to all do really well to get, to get through this challenge before the, before it turns into a, a bigger problem for you. So I, I, I moved away from the montage as soon as, uh, as soon as it started happening. So now we have Amanda. So Nyala, uh, yes. You see, you you you're grabbing the you're, you know you're grabbing the tiller in the back, but you have um, uh, Nadim just doesn't do so well right next to you. Well, uh, thankfully, I remain focused and not shaken by that. As far as I can tell, I'm doing pretty great at controlling this boat. So uh, I'm basically just trying to stay in control of the tiller, keep us headed in the right direction, away from the people who are attacking us. And I, uh, I did use my story. If I'm using my story element, it, it would be shipwright. And mm-hmm. I rolled a twenty. Fantastic. So, uh, also, um, let's see, Frig. Mm-hmm. I forgot to tell you this before, so this applies to you as well. Um, Nyala, you gain a, you gain another grit. So add Hooray. one more, and uh, also Frig. So do you, um, because you rolled. Well, um, and Niala, you are you you have uh, definitely overcome this. You, you have uh, a full control of of the ship. What, what where are you taking it? Um, unless Ulfric has said otherwise, I'm continuing us on our course back home and away from these guys as fast as possible. Okay, so that's a perfect moment to have you meet eyes with Ulfric. Ulfric. 
Yes. So uh, what I, I have been saying that we should put in the shore because you said the boat was much faster than ours and was going to overtake us. Correct. So I want to get the boat to shore as quickly as possible um, because, you know, they overtake us on the on the water. We'll be less able to manage the fence. And also, if we get to shore, we might be able to escape in, in, in general. But uh, anyway, my role was for tactics since I was saying shields to the back and get us to shore for the reasons I was just explaining. And I rolled a 19 and uh, if I was story elements, I would use as my my um, leadership quality, heroic quality. Yeah, definitely. So you you have uh, you have control of the oars and also uh, Niala's attention. Mm-hmm. So you two can play this out. Well, uh, like I was saying, I was like, we need to get to shore. Stat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll start uh, directing us toward a likely spot then. All Perfect. right, so Niala, start thinking about what that spot's going to look like. Uh, I'm going to add one narrative element to it as soon as you describe it, but we have one last thing to do as the ship starts to change course and uh, we'll say head one of two directions, left or right. Uh, when it starts to change course, um, Gorm, give us your moment Give us your moment and your rule. Okay, um, so yeah, he's uh, he just got up, grabbed his uh, spear, and just roared uh, and just through, so it's a, it's a thrown weapon, thrown yeah. it into a general direction, and it goes that direction to the uh, other ship. Uh, I rolled a, a 19. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you definitely, um, that, that's good. So what you do is you have a success there, and you, um, you the, the, as a group, you completed the, the, um, the number of challenge or successes you needed were already met. So this is sort of like icing on the cake at this moment. So Gorm, you can describe uh, what it looks like with your spear as the ship is starting to move. And then Yala, as soon as he's done with that, go ahead and give us what the shore looks like when you're, that you're meeting. It's a gruesome scene. Uh, scene. Uh, it's just this character just gets throttled straight through the, uh, the throat with the spear and just hits the, uh, the, the the what's it called the sailing what the mast the mast just pinned there just going <laughs> and he's toast <laughs> all right so um already already the young gray wolf pups are 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 biting back at this larger uh, uh larger ship that's that's a larger longboat that's coming down on you and niala Okay, well, I spotted an area along the bank that it, it's not really ideal, but it's a lower shoreline. Like, the bank is a little bit lower there. It's kind of rocky, so at least we know we won't be getting stuck in the mud. And there are some small trees and shrubs that we can probably moor to and scramble up onto this kind of rocky riverbank. When there'll be a little bit of cover if we go not too far away from it, maybe about 10 feet or so away from the water. I like that. Um, the challenge here is going to be uh, getting the boat to quickly beach on these rocks uh, in, in such a way that doesn't throw everyone. How, how uh, It's going to require some sort of role because this is a challenging moment for you. It's, it's not only are you controlling the, uh, the, you know, the, the direction, but you also need to be calling out orders about speed. Yes. <laughs> One side yes. or the other. So so go ahead and uh, give us a roll for that. Oh, how are you how you're overcoming this? Okay. 
Yeah. So uh, I'm while I'm directing us closer to shore, I'm also calling out for uh, at this point now that we have a lot of momentum and are going with the flow of the river for everyone to just oars up. And I'm going to hope that we can get momentum to take us in there the rest of the way without uh, crashing and destroying our boat. Okay. That would be bad. Using any grit for this or, or surging, or are you just doing a, a straight work? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do that so I don't destroy our boat. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, what do I have to do to apply the grit, or what? What do well, I have you to just do have to say? You're, you just say you're using it and cross one off. Okay, so that's all on your end. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Sailing into uh, our makeshift port. Let's see how that works. Um, ooh, I actually rolled a natural twenty. All right, where'd y'all get y'all's dice? <laughs> did, did you roll above a 24 total? Uh, yes, the total is then 25. Wow. Okay. You're like so ready for battle. God. Yeah. Well, you, you earn another... Uh, you earn another boat like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you I imagine two. you drift that boat in there. <laughs> <laughs> so so one of the things that I'll add here before you give your, your full description of how, this, how awesome this looks, and I love that... Drifting in, in the longboat is a thing now. Um, well, you can actually do that with an eddy current. Sorry, sorry. You could totally do that. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So, so, um, so Niala, uh, you gain uh, two points of grit back. Okay. Wow. Uh, and also, because of this, this you know, you, you're rolling a 20. Anytime you roll a 20, describe what you're doing much more epically. And anytime you roll a one, describe what you're doing in a much more tragic way. Just keep that in mind. Okay. The, the extra thing that, that I'm going to throw out in there is that as you're coming in, there's a small bit of sand, just a small one, before the rocks that you're about to hit, which will cause your boat to sort of naturally kind of slice up into the place you're going before it hits the rocks. There's no other place in this little area that that can happen. So if your pursuers are following you, they will be slowed by that unless they want to damage their ship. Beach blocked them. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. All right, so uh, as we're getting closer, everybody's been furiously rowing, and as we're getting right up parallel to the shore, I just shout to everybody, oars up, slam the tiller, use my whole body to just plant my feet and slam the tiller over so that we do this kind of crazy drift sideways. (laughs) I'm trying to keep us from hitting the rocks too hard, creating a little bit of a wave and wake to kind of act as a buffer, but I just happened to slice right into this little patch of sand that I didn't know was there, and we just slowly come to a peaceful stop. You've all heard of Tokyo Drift, but have you ever heard of Norway Drift? <laughs> the Nordic Drift. <laughs> Nordic Drift. <laughs> um, I think Nordic Drift is a flavor of Powerade. Um, <laughs> all right, so as you, as you do that, uh, the <laughs> the 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 rest of you now have to decide what you're going to do, and this other ship is is approaching very quickly, and you're not entirely sure what their plan is. But uh, oh, I think Ulfric Ulfric had a plan. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, say everybody on the shore into the trees. There's trees, I assume, right? Yes. There. Yes. There, there's also a rocky slope up to the top before you get to the trees. It's not too bad of an incline because Niala specifically picked a spot that you could get up, but it's not something that you would want to get up like while fighting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I say everyone up the slope, archers, a couple of archers, Harry the ship. 
Shields to the rear. Everyone up that slope as quickly as we can. Keep your defense up. And uh, Freak can actually lead the way. Um, since he's a really good tracker, she knows this land pretty well, so she can take the crew up the fastest way. If, uh, I love it. Um, you guys are working very well together. I'm not going to ask for any roles for this. It seems like it seems like the the months and months of of working together has has a. Uh, is, is benefiting you here. So you, you get oh, up towards the top. Oh, go ahead. I forgot an important part of leadership is giving out kudos where they're due. Well done, Yelena. And then I say all the other things I said. <laughs> Yelena just right. gets a little awkward for a second and just kind of like nods. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So everyone's taking all their gear, uh, minus what you've thrown at your enemies, Gorm. And, and lost unceremoniously to the river. <laughs> <laughs> lost on ceremonies through the river, yes. Uh, and uh, start making your way up. Is uh, is who's who's going to be taking up the rear? Um, so that I know, like you, you're going to have a moment here. I'm going to need to. I'll help with that. Yeah, I'll be at the rear. I gotta make sure. I gotta make sure everyone gets off the boat. Yeah, I'm definitely at um, Ulfric's side. Definitely. So Gorm and Ulfric are are making sure everyone makes it up and looking back to see the the position of the enemy as. Uh, Frig, Frig, you make it up first, being the tracker. Yep. And uh, once you get up there, you're going to see two things. Uh, yes, there is a line of trees. It's it's a little bit sparse at first, but then grows into a dense forest. Uh, and because you're a tracker, you don't have to roll for this. You know that if you were to go through those trees, that's pretty much your way home. Okay. Yep. Uh, uh, but it's it's over land, so it could take some time. But it's it's like that. That's the direction that you need to head. So. Um, that, that right there gives you a little bit of comfort. But the other thing that you notice is that there is uh, a path to your left. It's sort of a natural worn path that if the enemy was to beach just, we'll just say, upriver from where you are, uh, they could take that very quickly up and pursue you. And in the time it would take you to get back to, to your home, you would be, you would be uh, uh, overcome most likely uh, by this by this band, if they, if they wanted to, you're not sure it would happen. It's just, it, it, it occurs to you at that moment. Uh, oh, and the, the other thing that you see is at the very top of that natural worn path. It's naturally worn because at the very top of it, uh, there are uh, these stones, these large stones that are um, twice as tall as a, as a, as a grown person um, spaced out in a very like sacred looking setting. And those stones are sitting on top of that path. So if these, if if they decided to pursue you, they would have to make it through that that stone circle. Uh, and as everybody is gathering, some people scattering. Uh, I don't know how. Uh, let's say real quick, um, Nadim and Nyala, how are you guys faring up the slope? Uh, Nadim's pretty pretty quick, and, and you know that's that's one of the, one of his better physical qualities is he's quick, kind of agile. Um, really light on his feet. So he's making his way up, up, you know, pretty easily moving pretty swiftly gaining towards the front of the front of the front of the, the group as it is. Well, you don't have that shield slowing you down. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Yala. Uh, I'm having a slightly harder time. I, I, I'm kind of scrambling a little bit more, but I'm determined to, keep up with everybody so it's just a lot more of head down huffing and puffing trying to get up there as quickly as possible while continually kind of slipping and scrambling and having to uh, ah, try again got it i like that 
And as, as you guys are making your way up, you have uh, Ulfric and Gorm. You're staring at the ship easily. There's easily 60 warriors on it. Six this is a 6D. 6 six zero. Six zero. Oh, goodness, zero. lovely. Oh. There are there are all oars all oars are being are being pulled and you have uh, many many gathered warriors with shields at the front of that ship and it seems to be going straight for where your ship is. Huh. <laughs> um, that's not what Ulfric said. That's what Dave said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We don't have anything to throw. I mean, I asked for a couple of archers. There's still archers here, or are they gone? Well, you have Frigg at the top, and uh, I'll be kind and say you have one other person that had a that had a small hunting bow. How kind of you! Um, <laughs> but the enemy the enemy ship is not yet fully engaged or committed to 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 beaching here. It's just that looks like the direction that it's headed at the moment. And how far away are they? Uh, when when you before you turned, they were just far enough away for you to make out their sails. A couple people on the front of the ship, and and you know, these light bows were able to to hit their targets. So, oh, and a, and a giant spear was able to be thrown. When you changed course, uh, they uh, they pulled back on their oars to slow their their speed, and they um, they were trying to figure out the best approach. So it looked like they slowed themselves down to figure out a better a better way to kill you. Okay. Do we, so we have some dead, right? Yes, we do. Um, so is anyone dead besides Bodvar? Just Bodvar. Okay. Uh, so my scheme here is to prop him up at the tiller and shove the boat back into the current. Um, in an effort to make them think that some people are still on the boat. I'm not sure how feasible that is. Are they close enough that they would be able to, that would be obvious to them if I were to do something like that. I like that idea. It's neat. I like that. Okay. Well, so, I'm going to do so, it. So, so, yeah, you have you and Gorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boat, I like I like the way that Nyala uh, brought the ship in because she said it, it sort of like gracefully came in instead of like a slam onto the rocks and now you're dealing with like, you know, potential damage and whatnot. Like, so uh, I think the two of you could try to, to get the boat out of there. It'd be very difficult if that's what you want to so, do. Here's what I want to do. I want to say I'm going to jump on the boat and prop up um, Bodvar at the till, tiller, and I say, uh, Gorm, since he's a giant, I say, shove the boat back into the current, and then I'm going to be while he's getting working on that, I'm going to prop up uh, Bodvar, and then my goal is to jump back off the boat and back to shore. But this, you know, we need to be quick here. All right. Well, let's 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 put all of this on Gorm's shoulders, literally. Perfect. Gorm, all right. Um, you're going to roll for this. Tell us, tell us what what it is that you can do, and or what your approach is, and and if any story elements would factor into it. Well, it went from Gorm to uh, Gorm Schwarzenegger. Uh, <laughs> typical scene of you know. So yeah, he he braces uh, with his back with the boat and just pushes it back with all his might. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> That's uh, so I'm using athletics to it, um, and he uh, so, so okay. So uh, I rolled a twenty-four, and uh, he just pushes the boat 
out to the, the sea and he sort of falls into the water as well, but he's he's okay. And he just looks back at um, at Ulfric uh, and see how he's going. So uh, as far as propping up um, Bodvar, I'm trying to think what that would be. I guess that would be, uh, I don't know, uh, athletics, agility. Well, Pitt, what's the hardest part of getting him to 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 look like what you want him to look like? Well, I, I doubt. I I would doubt it's lifting him. Probably not. I guess it'd just be like setting him in a in a way where he won't fall down. Uh, I mean, at the keel of the ship, how deep is it? Can he be sitting and still be visible? No, he probably has to be standing up. I guess I'm just trying to lean him on the back of the boat by the tiller in a way where he won't fall down. Maybe grabbing some some other like I don't know ballast or whatever from the boat and trying to prop him up with it. Well, I've got rope, so is it okay, Tim, if I throw some rope up to um, to Ulfric? Is that okay? Because I've got rope. Yeah, yeah, and I, I would say, Ulfric, that your har- the hardest thing about what you're doing right now is going to be getting off that boat before your giant of a friend throws you into the river. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I can swim. <laughs> so in that case, I go with athletics. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you're in full armor, right? I mean, my armor is not that heavy. No, no, no. I just mean com- comparatively, like most don't wear what you're wearing. So yes, um, once I have him up, I'm going to leap off the boat and back onto shore and scramble back okay, onto shore. Okay, so, so athletics. Uh, Gorm, Gorm, you definitely uh, met the difficulty to to be able to push the ship, and it, it just lunges backwards. And because of the way the river is is flowing, the rear of the ship is is spinning at a at a fast pace, and 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 to throw it into the current. Uh, took a lot of a lot of your might, and it also made it more difficult for your friend Ulfric to get off the ship. So, Ulfric, how did you do? And are you what is this agility? Athletics. I was thinking okay. athletics because it's like, like a, le- a great leap off the leap and swim and such. Yeah. Uh, I did okay. Yeah, um, an unnatural twenty. Okay, yeah, you you can make it back up. Uh, a little wet, but fine. And um, yeah, your ship's going. What? Uh, what are you guys going to try to do? The The enemy ship appears to be... Uh, I mean, are you going to stand there and watch what they're doing, or do you have a plan now to get to back, back no, to where everyone be. else is? Or? Is everyone else up the hill by now? Yeah. Okay, we're after them. Okay. Well, you, you guys head up there. The bonus, the bonus diversion. So, sorry. And the decision that the group has to make is, are you going to try to flee through the woods... Or are you going to do something else based on what your enemies are doing? Do you, do you want to stay and find out what they're doing or just go? Well, from my standpoint, they're a threat to the Grey Wolf village. So we can't just run. I, would, I think what we would do is watch them from this advantageous position and then respond to how they, what they, they do. I agree. We don't have access to fire, do you don't have what, sorry? I mean, we have uh, Frigg, who's like nature lady. Shouldn't she be able to make a fire? And then we could lob some fire arrows at their boat. Oh, my God. If necessary, from above. I would definitely have a flint kit with me. Okay. So so the goal is your, your thought is to sort of harass the ship before it gets to where, where you think it's going to go. Well, so basically, the, the answer, you're not heading into the woods right now. You're not fleeing. 
not until we see what they're doing. And meanwhile, if we have an opportunity to maybe critically damage their boat by burning their sails and, you know, maybe some of them, then that would probably be, probably be a good thing to do. But what I'm, what I'm basically thinking is if they're going to stop and come after us, yeah, we'll run. Uh, but if it looks like they're going to ignore us and keep on heading towards our village, then we're going to try and light them on fire. Okay. Well, the answer, your, the answer to your question is they are uh, they are landing the ship just upriver, oh. and they are going. Uh, many many of their warriors are leaping off into the shallows, making it to the shore, and heading up that uh, that path. Um, by by your estimation, if you were to all of you run as fast as you could for as long as you could, you'd make it halfway home before you'd have to stop. Hmm. So if this if this group is able to to catch you before you get there, you don't feel so good about being tired at that moment <laughs> that you're caught. Um, um, can I tell? Uh, so I don't know if Ulfric's down below still or up top, but um, you'll all, you'll all be together. Okay, so I I'll uh, inform him about the path and also about kind of that um, sort of uh, like rune stones that are standing up. Um, and maybe, you know, we could either try and maybe ambush them if they do decide to come up the path, um, maybe have some fire on hand, like you're saying, just in case, um, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so either can make a stand, um, or. Well, we need to warn the village, right? That's, oh, that, that's gotta be one of our priorities. But I think Gorm has a plan. Well, what we could do is we could set a runner while we try and hopefully distract uh, or hold up, hold them off for long enough to maybe get some backup from our clan. But our village is still pretty far, right? Yeah. Tim. Yeah, it's like it's like three days away if you're if you're going to be on foot. But there's no way. Hmm. Yeah. It's either we run for it or we make a stand and. <laughs> I think we should see what Gorm wants to do because he clearly has something he wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I do know they're up up ahead because I'm familiar with this area that we are in now, um, that there was uh, a nice small little uh, passageway, like a little uh, bridge that uh, could fit two men abreast. And uh, the, the river through there, yeah, you you couldn't walk through there with armor, no way. And he suggests that we make a stand there. So oh, you're I, you're sort of choosing choosing a terrain to to make a stand to to fight them off or to to weaken them enough to so that they don't want to continue. Is that the goal? Uh, yeah, for now. I mean, I still don't see any reason why we can't light their boat on fire first. But you know, I agree. We could do. I think we should. We should. We should try to light the boats on fire. Puro que no los dos. So, so basically, like if if you if I'm hearing this right, it's sort of the plan is is along the lines of engage in such a way that you can uh, cause them to rethink their their attack and cause damage to their ship, so that they uh, would would probably not want to be stranded here. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with all of you. Is it is what I'm hearing correct that it's like a like a natural bridge or is it a a, um, a man-made bridge? No, it's man-made bridge. Yeah. 
Okay. Two mana breast. Yeah. Okay. I, I like I like the the visual of that. So 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 what we'll do is we'll have you all through go through the forest to get to that point. Um, but you want them to pursue you, and then how are you going to damage their ship if you go further away from them? Uh, Dave. Well, I mean, the goal was to lob a couple of fire arrows into their sails and such before we run. I think that was something light. that Freak was going to handle. Light on fire, and then move to a, a better, better ambush ambush point, maybe. Maybe, yeah. maybe Nyala, do you have anything to say about what uh, what damage to a ship would actually be like bad? <laughs> what, what would they not want, considering what the ship of that size might already have on it? Mm. Just spare parts, right? So. So you'd be better than trying to shoot at the sails because they probably have a spare for some of that. Try to shoot lower at the base of the mast into like all the rigging and everything there because all the rigging is actually coated in tar pitch. So if you catch any of that on fire, not only are you compromising the structural integrity of their mast, uh, you're also lighting everything on fire. A ship is basically just a floating tinderbox. So. I like that you said structural integrity because it makes me think about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> so, so that okay, this is good. I like this. So in this case, if you're going to do this with arrows, that might be pretty difficult. So you, the people that are doing this, this arrow part is going to be like Maybe maybe have to get a little closer, better vantage point, and if everyone's going to be luring them away, let's say there's that land bridge that, or not a land bridge, a, a natural worn path going up, and the stones at the top. Just past those stones can be the the creek with with a uh, with a small bridge over it. Yeah. So, Lena, uh, if the reason why the bridge is there, so you don't have to go through the little river. Um, with anyone that's got armor or anything like that, it'd be extremely hard to get over that. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. But we have armor too, so. Yeah, but there's a bridge. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing that Gorm wants a wants a shield wall formed on a on a on a narrow bridge. <laughs> that's what that sounds like. <laughs> Where'd you get that idea? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we have. Uh, I think only only one of you characters, uh, one of the one of you heroes has a has a bow and arrow. The other the other person with a bow and arrow is not a hero. Frigg, you are taking uh, a younger, uh, uh, less uh, skilled uh, person with a bow uh, to a spot, and and this spot is going to be overlooking the river, uh, where you're going to have a good vantage point on the enemy ship where it beaches and where these these warriors are un, are, are jumping off. Um, and you have this moment to try to uh, cause chaos on their ship to to help help uh, uh, you achieve your plan. The group achieve their plan. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and uh, uh, the ch- the challenge is this. I, I, I mean, you you have to ignite a small target from a from a good distance away. Not that the boat is small, but the area on the boat is small. Right. Okay. Um, so what I'll do is I'll set up the, um, less experienced kid, uh, on the closest ship. And, um, typically like on, you know, there's there's only one ship. Sorry. Oh, just the one. Oh, right. Right. 
Okay, so there's no, one, one so there's six people on one ship. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it basically, this is, this is, this looks like uh, a, a very large raiding party. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. There is a second ship if you want to light our ship on fire. As it <laughs> this is a second away. ship with Bovar filling away. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> that would not be good for, for morale. Um, okay. Well, is that? Nope. Go ahead. Oh, so, uh, yeah, so so uh, what she'll do is um, are there are there shields on the outside of a long ship? Like sometimes when there's that many people on a ship, they might have to put their shields on the outside, like for defense and or just base purposes. I'm just thinking uh, surface oh, area. Yeah, yeah, to, com- yeah. completely. Yeah, they're, there's they, they're right. slung over the side. Uh, you know, often to make to make it seem like there's even more of them. This this look yeah. okay. So so I I wasn't very clear at the very beginning with the. The quantity of the people on this ship means that they're not bringing, they're not bringing cargo. They're they're not bringing right, right. like lots of cargo on their ship. This ship is loaded for war. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. So I'm gonna let the let the kind of inexperienced Tyke know that hey, um, shoot for the shields because it's a kind of an obvious target to aim for if you're not that good at archery. Um, and then I'm gonna try and go. Uh, find myself a location that that's uh, better suited for, um, you know, a, a cleaner shot at like the mass or, um, you know, some of the rigging, that kind of thing. Um, and kind of make it a little bit high up so that they can't just easily try and arrow. Um, that's kind of what I'm going to try for is uh, I'm going to shoot kind of up the mass a little bit. And I, I guess I also have, um, and I can make fire, so I got a flint, flint, flint. blacksmithing, um, flint, flint of a jig. Thank you, flint, flint of a jig. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you you've got that part down. The difficulty is going to be this shot. Yeah. So give yeah. us, give us, give right, us the roll uh, for your range to take to take the. Okay. Um, what if I should try to get higher? Well, I got seventeen. Um, Feel free to surge. So I'm not sure if that's a hit or not, but if not, I can surge it. Or I'd like to try and surge it. Uh, t- typically, you'd surge before the roll. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't. Right. I didn't spec. I didn't specify that. So that's, that's entirely uh, my fault. If you, if this was the crucial moment that you wanted to do that, I would. I would al- totally allow it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to surge because this is a. Oh yeah, but but again, surging surging is just going to reduce the the difficulty level. You um you succeed by but you also yeah. take one point of strain. Okay. And it and it I'll just put it this way: you just barely succeed, and and something just goes a little wrong for you, and you can you can describe what that is as part of your narrative. But um, go ahead and and explain what happens, and I'll explain what the enemy is doing in reaction to it. Okay, so um, I basically set up in a really good position. Um, I kneel down, knock my arrow, and then um, light the tip on fire after kind of putting some extra, like, tinder tinder, uh, attached to the arrowhead and um, shoot it off. And I'm aiming towards um, kind of the mass, the the cloth, uh, or close close to the cloth. And uh, so it hits... The mass, but it's kind of way high up, so they can't easily access it without shimmying up the mass, which is not the easiest thing to do, I don't think. Um, 
But as after, after I uh, shot off the arrow, I was so focused. I didn't, I didn't get my footing too, too well. And I kind of slightly um, slip and then fall um, forward a bit after shooting the arrow, kind of like land on my, on my hand, on my wrist and slightly sprain it. I don't know. Um, Okay. Yeah, you don't have to have an injury, but but yeah, that you, you you're in a little tough spot. Okay, so so um, and it hits, and and enough embers fall as people are scrambling to not let fire catch uh, into an area where fire catches, and because there were so many people on this ship, um, they uh, they weren't they weren't caring so much for for things for long voyages. They were caring more about how many people they could cram on it and how many weapons, because this is a ship of war. So. With that said, um, uh, uh, yeah, but we won't talk more about ships because that's that's kind of boring. Um, well, <laughs> sorry, Nyala, I know that uh, ships are your thing. <laughs> In that moment, I needed to stop talking about it. Uh, the arrow hits the 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 a fire has started, and as people are leaping off the ship, attention is drawn to the center of the ship, and there's chaos. Because the last the, the enemy of all of all raiding parties is fire. The enemy of, of every ship is fire, and fire is happening. So you have twenty warriors halfway between the ship and on the beach. They're halfway between the ship and the the start of this path to to head up and get to you. And and if they were to chase you down, it's about you know probably like a, a fifty yard sprint up this this slight incline uh, to 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 catch you and put you in a position where you can't run. But they all stop and turn back. Ten more people are pushed off the ship in the chaos. And the ship is pushed off the shore by people who are trying to get it out so that people can start splashing water on. And they're not the, the whole focus of everyone on the ship is to keep the is to put the fire out. Stranding. Stranding? Stranding. Stranding. Is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. Stranding. Yeah. Why does it sound so weird? Anyway. Leaving them stranded. Leaving them, thank you. Leaving them stranded um, on the beach, and 20 of them are, like, ready for war, and 10 of them are very unprepared. But there are 30 of them. And the other ship, uh, as it catches a current and no one is rowing because they're dealing with fire, it starts to flow. And you know that it's going to take some time for them to right that situation and get back. Like, it is going to be difficult, because the situation that you're facing, the challenge that, that you're facing, is... 20 ready warriors that outnumber you and 10 warriors who are not ready, but still helped outnumber you even more. Uh, they don't have their ship, but they're, they're still looking like they want to kill you. You don't know what their purpose is or what their goal is, except that they're in gray wolf waters and are trying to kill gray wolves. Okay. Well, I say that, I mean, we have, what, a dozen people? Is it a dozen people plus us, or just a dozen total? A dozen total. So it's five of you and okay. seven other, because of math. Twelve versus twenty with a significant geograph, you know, geographic advantage. Plus, uh, you know, Gorm over, Gorm over here. I think that, you know, how bad could it be? <laughs> so you guys going to try to... Uh, is our thought to take the fight to them? I mean, our, if they want to come up the hill after us, then they're welcome to do that to their own disadvantage. How many, how many, how many bows do we have in our crew? Two. Just the one. Two. 
two of myself plus the other. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, two, so two, but one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that you you don't have very many arrows left. Yep. Okay. Okay. So as was previously mentioned by by Glenn, not Gorn, but Glenn, there is a there's a some kind of a, a natural pinch point somewhere nearby. Is that true? Yeah, Gorm, Gorm knows it. Berserkers and trackers are the paths that like to wander out beyond the settlement. He must have been here. So what we need to do is try and draw them there. Um, okay, so, I mean, uh, I would like to issue orders along those lines, like, Trig, archer number two. <laughs> <laughs> you can give them names if you want. It's up to you. Frig, Bob. No, not Bob. Um, Bjob. Bjob. <laughs> Frig, Bjob. <laughs> Bjob and Odinson. Uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't write, don't write Bjob the way you think it would be spelled in a, in a Norse fashion. <laughs> Ring your own beer. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> So when we we left with Biob, <laughs> okay, we must. Um, okay, so basically, what I want to say is like, Gorm, lead the men to to the pass you're talking about, uh, Frigg, and if we can't call him Biob, you guys. What you oh, I think we have to keep calling him Biob. His name is Bjorn. His name is Bjorn. Biob. <laughs> Frigg and Bjorn, lose the arrows you have left into them. Draw them up the hill. We're going to lead them to this pinch point. Yes, Hi. yes, Ulfric. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Bjorn. Bjorn. It, it's, it's pronounced Bjorb. It's a very serious Nordic name, meaning bear. Got it. <laughs> Not bring your own beer. <laughs> bring Jarl's oh, own beer. Bring your own bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay <clears throat> so so you have two archers that you want positioned on either side giving you a little bit of an advantage and you want everybody else over it anybody staying on the other side so we have a couple uh large stones right if well correctly. Those, those sort of, yeah those sort of standing stones that like um ancestors would have put there all right well um I'm thinking Nadim has definitely perched himself up on top of one of those, crawling <laughs> up there, and just just to get a better vantage point of everything that's happening to kind of make a mental picture of it for remembering, so uh, he can make an epic poem later about it. So that's kind of Nadim's uh, current situation. Uh, though Does I am I am pretty aware. Is there anything anything that I would notice around that maybe would help us some? Uh, there could be a couple things. Why don't, why don't you go ahead and roll your awareness? Roll, roll like uh, something. The I mean, it could be awareness. Could be lore. Could be. Could be. You know, your insight. I'm gonna roll awareness. All right. Well, I rolled a natural twenty, and I got a five in awareness. You got a new die. All right. <laughs> All right, Nadim. I want you to describe to us. Describe to us. Something else that the, the the group hasn't seen yet that would give some sort of advantage to you. Well, to, to, what, to what your group is trying to do at this moment. So, okay, our plan is to get to this pinch point, right? Yes. All right. 
and also probably to slow down the the uh, to slow down the group of I'm going to call them invaders that are that are coming after us. So we can get to the pinch point and have a better uh, better defensive standpoint. So I think while I'm perched up on this uh, rune, this ancestral rune that probably means a lot to people, and they're they're probably offended that I'm perching up on there. Um, I think that I see. Let's see what can I see. I think I see a log that is ripe for rolling down the hill. I like that. With maybe a little bit of a little bit of a uh, uh, just a little bit of pushing put behind it that we can push it and send it down. And I mean, if we're feeling you know great about it, we can light that thing on fire. I feel great <laughs> about that. I feel real great about that. We're just gonna light everything on fire. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's so, let's so, burn the world down. So so Nadim is up on top and is yelling down. Uh, Ulfric, you and Gorm. And uh, we'll just say, as you're yelling orders for everyone to do what they're supposed to do, and Frigg is going, the the four of you uh, are are sta- or three of you are standing there while while Nadim is is alerting you to this log. I think maybe they don't hear me, so I pick up my hand drums and just, you know, five quick whaps, whap <laughs> that thing to draw their attention. <laughs> and they look at me, and I point just beyond them, uh, and I yell, "Row the log at them." Gorm is the closest. Perfect. What luck. <laughs> yeah, Gorm's all over that. And he just <laughs> uh, goes over there, just just heaves it and just lets it rip down. All right, so Gorm, give us a roll. And uh, this is going to determine how well this log is traveling. Uh, hang on. Um <laughs> thinks this might be an epic game later on when the war's all over. Caber Tops. Yeah. Wait, wrong country. Log <laughs> rolls. If you roll a one, you're on the log. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh he uh heaves at it and um he tries to push it and everything, but it's uh it's kind of stuck. Um there's like more stones in front of it, it's it's not really going anywhere, really. Um, he rolled an eight. <laughs> um, uh, you take you take two points of strain. Mm-hmm. That log is really heavy. Yeah. I mean, from 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 Nadim's point of, he doesn't see the log, so he's like, "Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, put your back into it." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So oh, oh, while while Gorm is doing that, Ulfric, do you want to get everybody into position? Yes, absolutely. Okay, the enemy is definitely approaching, and Gorm is going to have them hot on his trail if he doesn't get this log moved in one more roll. You took two points of strain for that one. You have to try again. It's a little bit more difficult for you. Um, You can you can use uh, you can surge if you want to. Yeah, I'm going to surge. Yeah. Okay. So it's going down one more point here. Go ahead. Let me know. Okay, uh, he got a twelve this time round. Okay, you take one more point of strain, but succeed. Okay. Barely. So in that last moment, uh, everybody is in position. Uh, Gorm, tell us what every... Well, first of all, pause. Ulfric, tell us how the entire group is positioned on the other side of the of this little, this little two-person wide bridge. So we have our two biggest shield-bearing shield people in the front of the pinch point. With the others, uh, anyone with a spear is arrayed in um, 
Well, behind there's no, there's two more shields behind them, and then behind them, anyone with a spear is arrayed kind of uh, to their flanks on the sides, and because the long spears may be able to reach the people in front of the shield, the, the small shield wall we have, and the pinch point, and everyone else is behind there. Is any are any other of the heroes you heroes in that shield wall? Gorm, you can't be there. No. Well, he's still on the other side. Yeah. Like yeah. kicking logs and such. Um, yeah. I don't have a shield, so I think I'm still up on my on my stone. <laughs> so 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 Nadim, in the way that I'm envisioning these stones, and, and you can kind of correct me, is if these warriors are coming up this path through the stones to get to the bridge, they'll go past you <laughs> and you'll be on the stone. One could say I'm golem like. Uh, <laughs> so they might not even notice you. Waiting waiting to, to jump down on the motherfucker that unfortunately is last in line. <laughs> All right. So you will have someone behind the enemy. Uh, hopefully he's not seen. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so that means, Ulfric, that you have 10 people right now because Gorm is dealing with a log and Nadim is on a rock. Uh, on a rock, of course. Uh, Nadim on the rocks. I'll be in that second rank of the sh- of the, uh, the defenses I mentioned. Uh, I don't know. Where does everyone else want to be? I mean, you guys. I'm not, like, positioning everyone individually. Everyone knows what they're doing. Uh, I also have a shield, so I could also be in that second rank. I wouldn't necessarily put me in the first rank. No. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're in the second then. <laughs> And there are people behind us with spears, and there's more shields around too behind them. So yeah. it's a narrow point. So I, I'm I'm assuming it's what two people wide. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And that, uh, that actually is it because Frigg is a Frigg has an, a bow and arrow. Yeah. Yeah, and I can do either um, either setup in the shield wall, but I'll grab my shield just in case someone falls uh, to take the place. But I'll definitely just kind of be ready to lob arrows. Okay. Well, you let's say let's say when you split up the last of the arrows, you can get a couple shots before you have to join the shield wall. Yeah. Perfect. There you go. Okay. All right, uh, Ulfric, I'd like you to be in charge of of dealing with uh, how many people you have in that in that shield wall. Uh, so you can draw a little diagram on your sheet if you like, um, uh, however you want. But um, I'll narrate to you as things happen, uh, and, and you can keep track. But the enemy is approaching. Gorm, your last effort. You succeed barely, probably get a splinter. What happens? Okay, so um, the, the, this log, uh, how big is it, by the way? Can I determine how big, how big it is? How big is it? It's, Nadim seemed to think you shouldn't have any problem with it at all. Okay, so it's pretty big then. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Redwood. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, this thing is slow, slowly going. The, uh, the, the rocks that stopped it. Uh, finally get crushed under the weight of this mighty tree, this log, and it starts to get a momentum going, and it's starting to thunder, thunder, and it's just raging down towards these people that look up and see it coming towards them. Excellent. And are you uh, are you rejoining the the shield wall? Uh, yeah, I do, but uh, when I see this going down, I just... A bloodthirsty howl, just the thrill of seeing what's going to happen. Oh, so the the enemy, the enemy running up the hill is seeing a, a log rolling down towards them, and uh, here's the first howl of the gray wolves. Yeah, just bloody murder howl. Okay, and uh, I'm assuming you don't stay to to watch. It's they're right, they're right there. You got to get moving. 
Yeah, I gotta get moving. Yeah. Okay, Nadim, you're uh, you're able to see this from oh, your yeah. vantage point. Oh yeah. Why, why don't you tell us what happens to several of these poor fools uh, <laughs> who don't get to jump in time? So the poor fools that uh, are caught unawares and about to be uh, smashed by this log were are the poor fool poor fools who decided that they would laugh at what Gorm was trying to do whenever he first went to push it and the log didn't move. They, they, they stopped kind of laughed at him a little bit as it was a, a kind of, they, they, they thought it was a very ridiculous thing that this, that this man would try to move this very large log all by himself and in their laughter and uh, their, their wrong thinking, they, they stopped and enjoyed themselves too much as Gorm howled and shoved this log and it came came rushing down at them uh and it it you know it hit it hit a couple of nice rocks so it took a nice little bounce and <laughs> hit them straight like four or five of them straight in the chest uh and crushed crushed their ribs and rolled on down the hills i imagine their heads probably uh popped a little bit as this log rolled off of their bodies oh beautiful it's gross but it's beautiful yeah <laughs> okay so and you uh you kind of like hunker down after that why don't you uh, uh why don't you go ahead and i don't know I, I feel like this is one of those like stereotypical roll stealth moments yeah i will i will i will i will stealth my way into I hiding see, yeah i want to see if you can stay, remain un unnoticed all right <laughs> what is my stealth let's see Oh, pretty good. So let's see. That's an 18 plus my stealth of four. So I am one with the stone, I guess. Yeah, you gain an extra point. Oh, you put a, put a point in grit. Yeah. You're totally stoned. I think I probably hang off the back of it and just be <laughs> real still. Yeah. The, the camera kind of does that. One of those cool overhead shots following all the, the warriors running through the stones. And then as it settles, it like, pulls back and sees you just hanging there completely still. What I think this looks like is um, Nadim actually uh, slides down, you know, kind of shimmies himself around, slides down off the stone quietly and falls kind of into some bushes that are around it and kind of makes his, you know, hold steady there as, as these, uh, these warriors make their way through the, through the stones that he was sitting on. Beautiful. So, Nadim, you are behind the warriors as they run through. Uh, several of them are still on the hill moaning. Many of them uh, uh, are scattered and a little bit in disarray. Uh, some of them are still on the beach. What ends up hitting the front of the, the, the little bridge is uh, about 18 of the enemy. So there were the 20 original. There were 10 others that were thrown. Uh, all of them whittled down to this 18. Uh, but only... Uh, Ulfric, you're you're paying probably the most attention to the tactical element of what's happening. Um, only about ten of them are like their their shield warriors, their shield maidens, mm -hmm. and uh, they they are approaching first. And it looks like what their goal is is to completely overwhelm you quickly. Well, they can't. So there, uh, no, we're in the. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the pinch point and I have actually I drew it out and it does account for everyone in our group so out not part of our blockade so far are uh, Gorm and Nadim and then in the front are two shield bearers behind them are myself and uh, Nyala 
Behind us are two more shield bearers. On either side of them are two spear holders. And then flanking them are Frigg with her bow and the other bow person that we, uh, Bjorn, Bjorn, right, and Bjorn are in the back on the far flanks taking lob arrows into their sides as they try and get through our shield bowl in the front. So we have basically a stack of six shield holders in the narrow gap, flanked by spears, flanked by bows. Okay. And that, accounts for, and that accounts for all 12 of us. That uh, that sounds like a really nice, strong uh, uh, wall that the enemy's about to meet. Even though small, it's yeah. it's in a narrow a narrow entrance. So, but really the enemy... <laughs> he drew a diagram. I, I wrote letters in a shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's all a diagram really is. So, so, so the enemy um, is trying to break you fast. They are they are coming in. They have uh, two people in front that are uh, both of them have their shields up. You don't know what weapons they're carrying. They're coming too quickly, and uh, it looks like their shields are tucked right up against their sides because they are going to throw themselves to punch through. Uh, so go ahead and uh, let's do the the, cha- the challenge here is not to get broken. They are they are they are trying to break you. So who, whoever is in the shield wall is is going to be making a roll here. So I mean we have the two shield bears in the front, and I, uh, Niela and I are going to have to brace them. And then you know the two behind us are going to. Everyone here knows how to fight in a shield wall because we just did it for our rite of passage thing. So we, you know. But the people who are going to directly have to roll for this, I assume, are going to be uh, Amanda and I. Yes. We're the only two in the middle of the shield wall. Right. So both of you can go ahead and roll. This is to not be broken. You're bracing the two shields in front of you. Fortitude? Uh, could could be fortitude. Could be defense. Okay. In this in this case, it could be it could be whatever you think is like the most the most pressing thing. I I try not to um, weigh too heavily on your. What's the skill you think is the most important for what you're doing? Oh, defense makes sense to me. I'll do that. Oh, you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It, it hit it on 20, then rolled over to 14. So I got a total of 18. And Yala? I got a total of 21. Excellent. Uh, Ulfric, you take one point of strain. Nyala, you don't take any strain, and right. the enemy uh, crashes in front of you and is checked. So I just want to—I uh-huh. I also would be calling out like, "Steady now, steady now, hold the line, spears and bows at the ready." You know, excellent. The yeah. the everything is at the ready. Uh, Frig, you you don't have a clear shot at any of the people in the front. They have their shields out, and because you're a little bit to the side, you have a vantage point of like some of the sides further back in the back ranks. But they thought they were coming through and breaking you. They were checked. One of the people directly in front of Niala. Oh, we'll say actually we'll say Ulfric because you you had the point of strain. One of the person the person right in front of you, Ulfric. Is uh, their their knee buckles and they take a knee and their shield drops too low. You know that won't that won't cover. You you need to you need to fill fill that gap. Okay, I'll do that. So as as you as you go forward, um, the only person who I, I didn't uh, I didn't clearly get an idea of is Gorm. Gorm, where are you? <laughs> I think oh, Gorm and I are about to battle some people Black. on the beach. These guys. <laughs> 
Did you make it across the bridge? Me? Yeah. No. He's no. he's in front of the shield wall somewhere because yeah. after he threw the log yeah. down, no one ever said that he was so yeah. I guess even, that means the, that even, guys... even the GM is perplexed as <laughs> this character is. <laughs> hey, he never said he came past the shield ball yep. and you had the bad guys run right past him. I'm just saying that's what happened. Well, well look, n- <laughs> I think Nadim and Gorm are going to play cleanup on the beach. There's one more big exchange that's about to happen. As the enemy is checked, are you going to call to advance? Or are you going to call? Well, that'd be, well, we don't want to leave our pinch point. Uh, I would say more like push them back and then, you know, and kill them if you can. But we're not trying to get advanced out of our pinch point and get surrounded. So, no. <laughs> Okay. Well, as as it stands right now, the challenge is you have an enemy in front of you. They've been checked, but they now it's now it's the battle. So everybody who's going to be taking part in this battle, get ready to roll. Uh, if that means the people in the rear, Nadim and and Gorm, you'll you'll be coming into this scene. Um, this isn't this isn't going to be sort of like a hack and slash, you know. I hit their shield, they hit me. What this role that you're about to make is, is is going to determine the entirety of this battle. So, so everybody is, sorry. So how many are pushed up against our shield wall? Oh, they have, well, they're across the whole length of the bridge. So how, how many would fit across there, uh, uh, Ulfric? Two. Yeah. No, 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 no uh, in a row. So so two, two wide, two abreast, how, how many back? Oh, so on the, on the uh, in this pinch point are six of us. Although the back two, think, okay, uh, this is well, this won't work for anyone but Tim. Um, let's say that the pinch point is only about like three people's worth deep. So two okay. abreast, three deep. So the the other side of the bridge where the enemy is, is yeah. it a long bridge or is it a short bridge? Uh, well, this was Gorm's idea. Gorm, is it a long bridge or a short bridge? The short bridge, um, if this helps. He's drawing. He's arting. He is arting. Kent, you can edit in some like music that's like art music. It's so. It's okay, okay, cool. That's my envision of it. Okay, so so a good port. There's like I would say what eight eight enemy are on the bridge pushing forward, uh, and you've got a couple of them like bunched up in the back with shields out to not get shot with those arrows. But that's everybody. So, so, so Nadim and Nadim and Gorm, you're on the you're on this side of the of the river. So we're behind. We're okay. We're behind everything, right? Do we have anybody on the beach to deal with? Uh, not they're too. They'd be too far away. So they'd be either been flattened or they're worrying about other things. Yes, exactly. And and you you have a, a large group of the enemy that thought they could just topple and start the killing got checked on the bridge and are now having to do a push fight basically. And uh, this and fight is going to be with the two of you on the backside. Are they unaware of us? Correct. Okay. So Nadim turns to Gorm. Um, Nadim is the only one that knows where Gorm is. Yeah. Nadim. Nadim. All right. You so can meet, you can meet eyes. You and Gorm meet eyes somehow. Yeah. So Nadine pokes his head out from, from the bushes he was hiding in, 
pulls up his short blade and kind of signals that he thinks we should attack them from behind. Just go ham on their hamstrings or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, def- definitely. Yeah. Crawl yeah. up on top of them, you know, whatever it takes and just just start driving blades into their backs. Here's a here's a heroic moment for you. He uh, looks at um, is it Medine and just you know hits him on his shoulder and goes for Odin and just runs, just <laughs> split nails over to him with his Dane axe and just just goes over there. So I, I mean, you're I, good. <laughs> so so uh, now now that everybody knows where everybody is, like kind of in this moment, and the the enemy is ready to, you know, they they were checked. They're they're now ready to start pushing against you. The battle begins, and uh, everybody who's going to be part of this for whatever your attack is, get it ready. And uh, so I need to know, like, obviously, like what what your skill was, what what you're trying to do, and. Um, Oh wait, wait, wait! Actually, let's do it this way, in a, in a circle. Dave, what are you trying to? Or uh, Ulfric, what are you trying to do? And what did you roll? So I stepped into the front, so I have to fight. So I'm just trying to get a sword through their side of the shield wall, and I got a. I'm gonna. Well, I can't search because I already rolled. <laughs> so I got a 15. Okay. And. Uh, um, what are there any story elements that can that could factor into this? Not really. I mean, my leadership doesn't help me stab better. <laughs> okay. And uh, let's go to uh, Frig. Mm-hmm. So or, uh, yeah, Frig. No, uh, I was just gonna uh, try and just lob off the last couple of arrows I have before um, joining the. Join the uh, shield wall. You can surge before you roll. Yeah. Instead of after, like me. Well, let's see. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. I could surge. I'm a surge. Use a grit. Use a grit. I'm using a grit. Okay. No, I didn't mean it. Okay. <laughs> uh, 20, um, 24. Oh. Or excuse me, 23. Okay. And uh, Niala? All right. I'm in the second rank of the shield wall so I'm still trying to uh, just maintain keeping the enemy from getting any further and kind of pushing back as part of the shield wall trying to push people possibly even off of the bridge and into the water and <laughs> hmm. one no the eight <laughs> I got an eight better than one it is better than one it's still yeah. not good. <laughs> okay, and um, we'll we'll resolve. Uh, uh, let's do let's do this. So so you you are the ones responsible for the front of this this wall. And what's happening right now is uh, you've lost three of your warriors. Snap! Wait, which three? Because uh, I have more written all, down. All three of you take one point of strain, but Amanda, you take uh, three more on top of that, so you take four points. Ah. So strain is building. Um, if you have armor or a shield that you think narratively could could uh, soak some of that strain, you can definitely use one of the uses of your of your armor or shield. Yeah. But being that this is sort of that last uh, that last moment, re- really, we're just going to kind of resolve this battle. Um, 
the enemy does not make it through you, but there are it is costly. Your your battle is costly, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna go through and have you each describe. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, uh, um, Nadim and Gorm, just tell me your roles, but don't don't descri- start describing your action. Just tell me like what you're trying to do. I think we got an idea of what you're all trying to do with the hamstringing. Just you know how well it goes. Maybe. All right. So um, I'm using melee. Uh, Are you using, using your surge? Uh, n- no. <laughs> because <laughs> I forgot to mention it. I'm using melee. Uh, I think this, I'm going to be moving speedily. So I'm going to, can I use my speed for my? Oh, yep. Yep. Uh, and can I use more than one story element, right? No, really. It's, I mean, you could say you could, as part of your description, you can definitely use them. But as far as mechanically, it's like that's the thing that's that's making it easier for you. OK, so, yeah, I'll just use speed, even though I think this will make me pretty famous if we come out of it, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you could definitely you could definitely say that for sure. So I wrote a 13. I have two for melee and then I guess an extra one for my speed. So 16 total. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you're going to take a point of strain and it's, it's, uh, it's partially successful. What you're trying to do, you're, you're not, it's not tremendously, but definitely partially successful. And uh, Gorm. Uh, he's surged um, and he's obviously using melee and he rolled a 24 total. Okay. One, one point of strain to you. The, as a, so, so all of you together, this this battle is unfolding. Now narrate it. Go ahead and, and based on what you what you rolled, how how it went for you. Let's go around and, and tell me how this battle resolves. Some of the enemy are left alive. There, there's no like it's not a supreme victory here. But you have um, uh, you have lost three of your gray wolves, and some of you have been have been uh, uh, I don't know have taken strain. So uh, let's start. Let's we'll start actually with Frigg, and Frigg, you can you don't don't limit yourself to just arrows. Arrows are flying, and then you lose arrows, and you join the shield wall. So give us give us kind of how your piece goes. So basically, I'm kind of standing in the back, um, and I just lob off the last like two or three arrows I have, and um, they find their marks, and um, kind of aiming for people uh, for yeah people kind of coming up the rear easier targets and then um as i shoot off the last couple arrows i notice a couple people go down um in the shield wall on the bridge so i'm gonna go ahead and swing my shield around and unsheath my sword and make my way up to uh the front of the shield wall and help defend at the uh, at the front there so as, as one of the one of the gray wolves falls you your shield takes their place yeah absolutely yeah all right and uh Nyala? So I've been up in the shield wall the whole time doing the pushing and shoving and trying to keep them back. But as we're doing this back and forth and some of them are getting knocked down, then people right next to me, some of them are getting past me and actually cutting down some of the my fellow gray wolves, which I am feeling really, really awful about and starting to get that little like panic of like, uh, what are we going to do? I don't know how well this is going to work, but we're, we could start to rally again. Like together and help push them back again. So you're, you you turn to deal with them. Yes. So I'm turning to I turn to deal with them and continue to 
continue to push back and help band together with a few of us that are closer to the front and help push them back off of the bridge. Excellent. And uh, Nadim, you come in from the rear and uh, there's some panic in the front and the rear ranks because the front ranks aren't doing as well as they thought they would be doing. They thought this was going to be a slaughter. Yeah. So Nadim comes in with his short, his short blade. Um, and the one in the back, I mean, they just get it bad. He, he brings it up, <laughs> you know, cuts that, that nice artery right there in the leg uh, and, and gets, you know, feels pretty good about himself. Feels like he's doing a great job. So gets maybe a little, a little uh, over ambitious and goes to climb up on that person to jump up and like stab down into the one next to him, like right in the meat of the shoulder. But as the one's falling, he kind of loses his balance and he, and he stabs in and he hits him, but maybe he doesn't get a fatal blow on him. But he's definitely, <laughs> definitely in, in the scruff, you know, getting, getting his blade, just trying to whip it around as much as he can. So if we're looking at that top top area, like from the top down, like you're coming in on that right-hand side of the enemy's rear, cutting cutting your way through. There's some more chaos and panic, and as soon as as soon as that happens, it's this it's this domino effect of someone behind me is in, is fighting. Now I have to worry about my back, and so yeah. the enemy starts to turn at that moment, and the, the people in front of them start to feel like they don't have the same support. You've you've weakened the 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 spirit of that whole side, and then Gorm comes in on the left side. This is going to be gross. And just at that time, <laughs> Gorm is just running full pelt and not uttering anything just yet. And he just he just runs straight into there and then at the last second just howls so loud and just goes butchering. Um, yeah, he just... Uh, what did I roll? Oh, yeah, I've already told you that. Yeah, and he just just cleaves his Dane axe onto the, all these people in front of him. Just boom, boom, boom. Just a windmill of horror. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so even more chaos on that side. And that's when, at that moment, Ulfric, on your shield, where once you felt the person stabbing, there's a blade coming over it, and then a, another blade from the side coming under it, an axe is trying to make its way over your, glancing off your helmet. You have all the, all this is going on around you while you're trying to hold, and all of a sudden you feel just a little bit of relief as they're not pushing because there's chaos from behind and you hear the howl. Perfect. So I mean, up until this point, my goal has just been to hold my own and try and, and hope that... Uh, the spears and the bows, and then somewhere over there, Gorm and um, Nadine. I was just like name that sounds like Nadine, but isn't Nadine <laughs> would would come and break them. So I, my my goal was to hold the line, not necessarily to make a lot of progress. And uh, to that end, I rolled a scant uh, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you took. Did I tell you how much strain you took? You told me one earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so basically, no, no, basically, my uh, Ulfric is just focused entirely on not moving from that spot and not letting anyone pass him. So he's parrying with the shield and his axe and ducking and uh, you know doing everything he can to not move while holding his position in the line. But he's not—he's defending more than he's making an attack on anybody. All right. So the enemy is broken in that their morale, their spirit is broken for for them. For them, the order, uh, the order must have been to quickly overtake and kill. 
they're not fighting for anything. They're, they're, their ground is weak. They don't know where their ship is and they're in enemy lands. These are the reasons why they're scattering. You have several that are running any direction they can to get away from Gorm. <laughs> you have a couple trapped on your side of the shore that uh, uh, Nyala is in between them. And uh, uh, I'd say, Nyala, what, what did the, I'll put one, one extra part of the scene here is a spear. Uh, one of them came through and grabbed a spear and skewered one of your, one of your friends, someone that you actually stood with quite often in the shield wall. And as your friend is there dying, this person with a sh- with a spear in front of you, and then two more of their of the enemy are with them on that side. You turn to face them. Yeah, well, I I have just been trying to push people back, but that one is is gonna kind of get me a little bit a little bit more irritated. So at this point, I'm gonna actually pull out my hand axe and attack. Give us one roll on that. I'm just curious how this is gonna go for you, and you can use grit if you want to. All right, I will do that. I will use some grit. Hey, that worked much better. This time I got a, a 20. Well done. Hooray! <laughs> it's because I'm pissed. <laughs> Once again, you gain another grit, but um, <laughs> you... you um, and also, I think, Gorm, you got one from before, but since this is the very end, it's not that important. Um, uh, Nyala, what does it look like with the person who is standing there with both hands on the spear that's in, inside of your friend? Right, so I I just I'm staring at it for just a second, and then I just kind of like drop my shield a little bit, whip out the hand axe, and just scream and rush right at his face, and just chop right at his neck and push him over. That's the moment that Ulfric sees as the as the shields let up, and he does his slaying on, and and hacking on the bridge, and feels the enemy leaving his shield, and he turns. So Ulfric, as you turn, you see Nyala just mess the this poor, well, not poor, this horrible Vikings face up. Uh, and these are all, these are all not young Vikings. These are, these are warriors. These are seasoned Raiders. Um, the, the two others that are on the other side of that person are realize their position. They are now trapped on the gray wolf side of the bridge. Gorm cuts his way into the center of the bridge as the enemies flee. Nadim standing just a few paces back. All the gray wolves that are living are, standing in the, this area and these other two that are between you and the forest that you were planning at some point to, to flee into are looking completely panicked. Um, and the other enemies that are remaining are scattered or bleeding or dying. So what, there's two of them between, between our side and our compatriots side. There's two between uh, if you were all to turn from that bridge <laughs> and face the forest that you want to go towards to get home, there's two standing in between you and that forest. Oh, okay. Unless you guys want to try to continue to fight the fleeing enemy, I mean, at this point, they're not going to regather and pursue you. Well, I thought there was two between myself and Gorm. There could be that if, if you need that. Okay. There could be so, that. all right. So there, there are two between our mine and Gorm's side. Uh, and the other, you know, we kind of have them sandwiched between us. The, uh, the, there's a gray wolf sandwich here. Uh, <laughs> their, their back is to Nadim and Gorm. So Nadim kind of side eyes at Gorm, nods his head, hits the drum twice. And when they turn around, Nadim shoves a sword right into one's throat. And Gorm, I mean, what do you do to the other one? <laughs> what do I do? Just, uh, 
just like you would think an axeman chopping down a log. It just comes down. Slits the man's head in twang. Nadim is covered, covered in blood. Yep. yep, there's a slow motion shot of blood, just blood and viscera just covering. The camera the pans over and it's this this red person whose eyes open. It's up to you guys. What what do you what do you want to do? You're gonna head to the woods, you're gonna you're gonna flee through the forest to try to get home as quickly as you can. So are there none left alive to question? There are those two. <laughs> okay. So I mean the two that I mean so wait the two not the two that were just slaughtered by Gorm and no 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 those were the two that Kent just really wanted okay, okay. so I want to ask them you know you know at weapon point like what are you doing in Grey Wolf waters uh, go ahead and do uh, something this is the the challenge they're they're afraid I'm sure they want to tell you something but to see sort of how much I mean. Are you intimidating them? Are you in, it, somehow you're influencing them? I'm going to roll influence, but I have a I have a good plan for if I fail. I rolled uh, not so good. Oh, good because this means more fun. I got a nine on my influence roll. So do they not answer? Uh, they're 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 definitely holding their ground. They're they're like you know. I bury my axe in the forehead of one of them, and then ask the other one, "What are you doing in Great Wolf Water?" Go. <laughs> we'll say that the, the the difficulty level lowers significantly, and we'll nope. say that your roll now matches. <laughs> I'll use some grit. How's that? Wait, am I wrong again, or you want to use the same? Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. So I used a grit, and I got a fifteen. Yeah, you're 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 fine. Your first one would have would have gotten strain, but or you caught strain on you. But uh, I think it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, okay, so you, yeah, you you know that the. Um, the blood ravens, as they're called, are um, are uh, the the order was given by the high king to eviscerate the gray wolves, all of them. He he sort of in in telling you he he's realizing that, like his friend here, he his time is short, so he grips his his blade in his hand and he looks at you and he says. Your clan is already gone. We were just cleaning up the scraps. You go to Gorm. <laughs> uh, do we need to see it or can that be off camera? Yeah, so this, this person uh, reveals the information that you were trying to look for. And we'll say that the wolves, you, you young wolves, uh, tired, uh, barely slept in two days, make it through the forest to, to this clearing on a cliffside. And it's the, it's the place that you know before you start heading downhill uh, and across a pretty big waterway that you'd have to find a way across. Uh, um, this is where you'll see your settlement. And uh, as you come through, the very first signs of your settlement are smoke. Smoke in the air. You come to the edge, and it's it's a the camera is behind all of you, standing on the the cliffside, overlooking what once was known as the Gray Den. The great settlement of the Gray Wolf Clan is in flames, and ships, many ships, many of them with black sails and the Red Raven, are in your harbor, and from the look of it. 
your your settlement and your clan have been defeated. And you hear in the distance behind you the uh, sounds of someone pursuing you or, or a large, large group pursuing you and you know that you're being hunted. So give give me a moment here of what what each of you is sort of thinking as as a as a sort of closing scene. We can actually let's start with uh, let's start with Gorm. Oh, geez, well, I have to go first. <laughs> um, he just sees his homeland just just burnt just to a cinder, and it's just from what rage that he had, it's just gone up to to Valhalla. <laughs> it's just <laughs> immense now. He's just all he see sees is red. And from that scene there, he, nothing makes sense. All he wants is blood, and he runs with Dane Axe towards the uh, Blood Ravens direction, just screaming. The, the ones behind you? Yeah. Just yeah. Um, this is going to clash with my montage. Sorry, <laughs> I went first. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Ulfric, <laughs> so you can kick what you, what you have left of it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, he's running off. <laughs> well, well it, that can that can happen. That can happen at any point during this this Ulfric, shared montage. Ulfric surveys the remainder, the you know, the remains of the village, and he says to everybody, "says As long as we live, the Grey Wolves live, and we can still seek vengeance. Remember what you see here. Remember it every day until we revenge ourselves." That's all. Then Gorm goes running. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's a berserker. I'm sorry. (laughs) And uh, Frigg. Frigg. Yeah, so she's um, kind of speechless. She sort of drops to her knees and watches as her village and the people that she knew and loved is burning. And she, the excitement that she was feeling of returning home, triumphant, and um, she uh, whispers under her breath, she says, we've become lone wolves. And as she listens to Ulfric's words, um, she nods and says, I will remember and tells everybody, we, they will be avenged. And um, if we feel like we need to live to fight another day, I know where we can go. And she slowly stands up and turns to walk towards the forest. And uh, Nadim? So Nadim hears everything that that uh, Ofric says, uh, looks after as Gorm howls and runs off towards, towards the enemies that are coming up from behind. Turns back and looks at, at the burning village and just takes in the scene because, and, and Tells himself that that this that this is not the end of end of the poem. It's not the end of the story, but only the only the middle because the the gray wolves will 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 fight back and and they will clash against the raven the the blood ravens and 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 become victorious. Um, and he just takes it all in to remember and begins forming this poem, uh, you know, in his mind of this very moment. 
and he turns and, and runs after to to join his his what he considers now blood brother Gorm uh, in battle. <laughs> because there was so much blood, and uh, as as two 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 of the other surviving gray wolf pups that were with you uh, run off alongside uh, Nadim to follow Gorm to avenge their people or or meet Valhalla. Um, uh, Nyala. Uh, so it, at the first, uh, when we see all of this, she actually starts just, uh, actually just start, start kind of shaking and crying and trying to like hold it, hold it back in and hold it together. And I'm really losing that battle and holding back just a couple of, a couple of sobs of just being devastated by all of this of like, how do you even deal with this? How do you even begin to deal with the fact that our home and everyone we know is gone but then when uh after ulfric it gives his speech and frigg says what she does about us being able to find a new place and be together then i just kind of take a few deep breaths and pull together and i'm i'm able to summon up that strength and turn to everyone else and the others are running back off into the into the woods after our uh pursuers and go well we're all each other has left we best follow after them and as the camera kind of pans out a little bit in a round to see how everybody's dealing, uh, I guess the last the last person standing there was Ulfric, looking down, told everyone to remember what they saw. Here's his 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 remaining wolf pups charging to seek vengeance and a, perhaps a, a, some sort of way out of this mess to survive to to fight another day. Turns and heads into the woods, and that's the that's the be- beginning of of the. The saga of the gray wolf pups. Can they can they stay together, live long enough, find allies and reclaim their their land, find survivors? But thank you guys so much for uh, for playing, for 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 being gray wolf pups. Thank you so much for running. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, thank you. You all gave me chills at the end there looking at your how your how your heroes took in that scene when, when you first began thinking about your homeland and then to see it, to see it in that state. So, <sighs> yeah. All right. So let's go around the table. Uh, once again, real quick, and everybody can just kind of talk about where they're going to be found or say whatever they want about anything. Um, Amanda, we'll start with you. I am Amanda Call. You can find my webcomic age of night at ageofnight.com. That's just with an N I G T H as in the time of day. And I do all sorts of different illustration work in the tabletop gaming industry. So look around and you might have seen something that I illustrated. It is very good stuff that I enjoy uh, looking at. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we will hit the the whole crew that's there together. Dave, Glenn, Brooke. Um, figure out an order that you want to go for yourselves and whatever you want to say. Uh, I guess I'll just say that... Uh, You've probably heard, you've heard me on Kent's show now three times. Other than that, I play with Tim and Glenn and Brooke here and some other friends. And uh, I produce the Wait, Wait, Don't Roll Me podcast, which is a podcast of tabletop games we play with uh, Tim usually GMing, but occasionally there's a guest GM who's usually me. Uh, there is a an all-new game we've never published a podcast from before coming up very soon, as soon as I edit it. Uh, going back, I should have said I occasionally produce the Wait, Wait, Don't Roll Me podcast because I'm way overdue to release another episode. So that's coming up. 
Lately Don't Roll Me can be found at www.drm.podbean.com or on iTunes or on whatever other software you may use to get your podcasts. Yeah, I'm Glenn, and um, yeah, I'm with this Motley crew. Uh, I just like tag along with the guys. It's uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun what we do, and it's great to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, I'm Brooke, and I love to just hang out with uh, my good friends and role play. We have a good time, um, and I really enjoy doing these these events with you guys which Brooke's going to be back on here uh, in a few weeks from now, but you're definitely going to be hearing more from Brooke in the future. All right, Tim, round us out and, and, and take us out of this show. Well, thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. And the fact that you trusted me with the GM chair, just, it means a lot. Uh, and maybe I'll come back and do it sometime if you'll let me. Um, yeah, no, uh, Kristen and I, my, uh, we we are Dice Up Games. Uh, you can find us at diceupgames.com. And the game that we just played is uh, the North Sea Epilogues. And uh, currently, oh, and or something on Kickstarter. I'm not sure exactly what's going to come out. We'll probably do this in the outro part. Uh, but yeah, you can find us at diceupgames.com or at diceupgames on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter at GMTimD. Yeah, and... Uh, Otherwise, you'll just I'll, I play games on roll to play and and love it to death. All right, and that was the North Sea epilogues. I tell you what, that was just that was an amazing fun time, don't you think, Tim? Kristen, I wish you could have been there. Me too, but it sounded great, you guys. That was a really good episode. Yeah, it, it was. I had a ton of fun. Oh yeah, it was it was great, and you know the first time. First time Tim had ever ran a game for me. So, you know, it was it was a monumental occasion for <laughs> lots of reasons. Uh, I, I'm happy to come back and, and play or run or just hang out. Hang out and talk with uh, with the Kent Blue for all to play. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's hit this Kickstarter one more time on our way out. Just, you know, high level stuff, whatever you want to say about it. Uh, lay it out on the line here. Well, I, I think that you know if if you're if you're into storytelling games, if you're into Vikings, if you like things like the Thirteenth Warrior and the Vikings TV series and uh, things like that, uh, this might be a game that you'd really want to check out. Maybe bring to your table. It's easy to play. It's light. It's easy to learn, um, and it lets you tell a great story. And uh, and also make sure that you check out the amazing illustrations by the Miko on the Kickstarter page. And uh, you know if you haven't. Go check out the North Sea game series on uh, by Garfield Games, and uh, yeah, definitely give give it a give it a look and share it around. Maybe some people might like it. Yeah, I'm sure if you follow uh, the show Road to Play on Facebook or Twitter, I mean, you're going to see me tweeting about it just obnoxiously throughout the day. You know, every, every little update I can, I'm going to be sharing it. So. If you listen to this show, surely you're gonna you're gonna be able to find this Kickstarter uh, or find stuff that if once you back it, find stuff that you can use to share it out there to more people. So, yeah, I can I can confirm everything Tim said about the game is true because well, you just heard me play it. Uh, it's it is a great game. It is a lot of fun. It is the rules are super super easy uh, and really really lend to the storytelling aspect of the game. So it's just. It is a perfect game for this show. It is a perfect game for new role players. It is a perfect game for people who've been playing for years and are just looking for something new. So, all right. Um, I think we're ready to wrap up. Do y'all feel good about it? 
All right. Well, oh, no. Tell everybody where y'all can, where they can find you all. Oh, you can find us at diceupgames.com or on all social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the like at diceupgames. All right. So yeah, go out there, follow Dice Up Games. I mean, if you've been listening to this show, you should be doing it already. But if not, go out there and follow on Facebook, on Twitter, just wherever you can find them. All right, so let's get out of here. But remember to have fun. Go back this Kickstarter. Uh, just look in the show notes. Go to Kickstarter and look up North Sea Epilogues. And hey, you guys say it with me. Here we go. One, two, three. Roll, Roll to play. play. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave it there. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Visit Roll2PlayPodcast.com for more information. R-O-L-L-2PlayPodcast.com. Like us over on Facebook at Roll2Play Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Roll2PlayPod. Have a question or comment? Email us at Roll2PlayPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Tritachion. Visit SoundCloud.com slash Tritachion.